Mawale for the win. Alike Ogunbowale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Pino gets the crossing. He's towards one man. Twenty-one world championship medals. She is the greatest of all time. You just can't say it enough. Wow. Women singles champion Serena Williams. Large Williams into Bird in the corner. You bet. She's done it again. Sue Bird. Hello, everybody, and welcome into this week's episode of All In, WFUV's women's sports podcast. We have a lot to get through today. Me and Annabelle were talking earlier, and this is one of our biggest content-based episodes, which is super exciting. We're going to start off with some talk about Brittany Griner's release from Russia. We'll get into Caitlin Clark's historic 2,000 points, the quickest any NCAA women's basketball player has ever reached that milestone. We'll also talk some NWSL free agency. First time we'll be able to talk that because it didn't exist prior to this offseason. And then we'll talk some salary increase in the PHF Women's Hockey League, and we'll round it out with some fun Christmas talk. And speaking of the holiday season, it is December 23rd. We've got two days until Christmas. Tomorrow's Christmas Eve. How are we handling the cold, the holiday season? How has it been for you guys? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm excited for Christmas coming up in two days. Uh, the weather is not great here in Connecticut, but I'm excited to be here with you guys. I think it's going to make the weather kind of take a backseat and put me in a good mood. So super excited to talk sports with you guys. You know, um, it's been an Arctic few days here in Parker, Colorado, to say the least. I think yesterday the high was like negative two um and I believe that the coldest it got with with a wind chill I think it was like negative 28 or something like that um but before the wind chill I think we got to acute negative nine or ten um which was really fun but we're in positive positive digits today I think it's I think it's like seven or eight degrees outside which is awesome um it's been it's been cold but boy oh boy am I excited for Christmas Eve tomorrow I might be Jewish but it's one of my favorite days of the year because I go over to my best friend's house and we have dinner and they make me a part of their family so I'm pumped and happy to see your lovely faces as always same and and you mentioned cold weather Sam and Annabelle it I I live in Memphis Tennessee when I'm not at Fordham when I come home for breaks I'm expecting a release from the cold weather grip that holds New York City but I'm in Memphis now, and it is significantly colder right now in Tennessee than it is in New York, and it is not making me happy. It is currently, let me look at my weather app real quick. It is currently 10 degrees here, and that is highest it's been all day. That's absolutely, so crazy. Absolutely ridiculous. The roads are icy. They're about to start, like, control turning off power to save energy. Memphis is, like, Gotham right now. It's, <laughs> it's not fun, but... Listen, the cold and the holiday, they, they intertwine so well that it makes me excited for the, the holiday season in a weird way. Even if I can't drive on the roads right now, it's still very Christmas, very holiday. 
but we are going to get into our sports talk. We're going to start with probably the biggest headline in women's sports right now. We haven't recorded an episode since Brittany Griner's release, so we're going to get right into that. On December 8th, Brittany Griner was released from a Russian prison via a prisoner swap. The United States released Russian arms dealer Victor Bout to ensure Griner's freedom. For those who don't know, Griner was in a Russian prison for 10 months over drug-related charges. She was sentenced to nine years in Russian prisons prior to the swap. And something a lot of people don't know when I was uh, looking into this a little bit uh, deeper than I than what's on just the news, Brittany Griner was in prison for like two full weeks before anyone even knew, before the news even broke. She and Also important to note, she was detained on February 17th. Russia didn't invade Ukraine until February 24th. So how the timeline kind of intermingles there, you know, make your own opinions on that. But something I did not know until recently is that she was fully in prison for like two weeks before it it uh, hit the actual public news. So before we get further into it, I just want to hear from both of you guys, you know, what are your overall takeaways from the prisoner swap, Brittany Griner's freedom? How are you guys feeling? Well, I'm certainly glad that she's back home. And the fact that she she was in prison for two weeks before really anyone knew, that must have been so scary to just know that no one really knew you were stuck in this awful situation. But um, we're certainly happy to see Brittany home. And it's great that she plans on returning back to the WNBA. She had her first workout since arriving home. And the first thing she did was dunk. So she still has that spark. And um, I know there was a lot of controversy with some people about how the U.S. Marine, who was also detained in Russia, Paul Wellen, I think his name is, um, there was some controversy about how Brittany was released over him, which we won't really get into that, but um, she's now urging her supporters to write letters to that Marine, which I think she's handling that great, um, that kind of controversy. But overall, it's just awesome to have her home because I can't really think of a scarier situation than that. Absolutely. I think her being a um, a woman of color, being a black woman and also being a black gay woman in Russia was just dangerous for her to be there in incarceration and so i am obviously also very pleased that she is out and surprised that she's she's not surprised but i mean in in awe i guess of how um dedicated she is to playing in the wnba again next year and i mean i saw the same video as you annabelle where the first thing she does is dunk and i mean it brings it can't help but bring like a tear to your eye right like this is what this woman loves doing more than anything in the entire world and she couldn't do it and she couldn't even see her her wife. She couldn't see her teammates, couldn't do anything for 10 months. And now she's able to be back on the court doing what she loves. So I'm certainly happy she's back. I know there's a lot of controversy, like you mentioned, about why she was released and not the um, journalist slash ex-Marine who has been there for however long. But I mean, his family even said that, you know what, they knew that it'd be a much tougher deal to get him out. So it's good to get somebody out if they can. So, I mean, obviously still working on that, um, which is a much more complicated issue than I feel uh, equipped to address legally and ethically on this podcast, but great to see her back and really excited to see her play this next year. I think that that first home game she will play is going to be the most electric environment you could ever imagine. I can't, I can't imagine how emotional that's going to be for her and for everyone. Absolutely. And 
you know, I was talking, uh, I was with other, our former or current WFUV um, members, Miles Grossman and Lou Orlando. We were um, on a trip together for women's basketball the day she was released. And I remember asking, um, you know, do you think she'll ever play again? Like, I didn't know if she would ever return to the WNBA because the kind of physical wear and tear, not even to mention the mental, like, hardships she faced, you know, it was impossible to tell how, you know, a person reacts to that kind of detainment, isolation. I didn't know if she'd ever play again. So the fact she's already training, already committing to be, you know, the the MWNBA, the WNBA offseason is already halfway over when she was released. She is the drive in the commitment as an athlete and as a person is like, I can't even imagine. She's been detained for 10 months in a foreign country that's known for being harsh can't imagine that experience was anything less than just absolutely you know traumatizing and for her to come back and immediately be like I'm coming back to basketball I'm already training I'm already dunking it's just you know not there's not enough words out there that are positive enough to to really describe the drive she's shown yeah and um i I'm seeing things that Griner's going to make a big impact on the Mercury again. Um, she is technically an unrestricted free agent, but um, she says she hopes to return to the Mercury. And sources say that the Mercury, their number one priority is re-signing Griner. Um, without her this past season, they had to play a lot of small ball. Um, but with Griner back, you know, they're going to be able to return back to their normal style of play. And it'll just be great to see her return back to the court with the team she's been with for so long. Yeah, I can't really imagine a world in which, you know, she comes back from Russian prison and prison is traded in the offseason. Something about that, just A, bad optics and B, just does not seem like a realistic, plausible thing. I could be eating my words, but I mean, like you said, the Mercury do seem dead set on re-signing her this season and getting her back on the court for them. And yeah, I mean, not only is it important to just have her back, but important for that team. She has been such a key player for them. And especially now, it's going to be such a morale boost and such such a face of the franchise thing that I, I have no doubt that she'll be back and will be a huge contributor for the team this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the WNBA season starts this summer. Definitely keep an eye. I will be keeping an eye on how you know she progresses through this offseason. It'll be great to see her back on the court. I think this is just of if this situation had to happen, you know, the best resolution is her being back home, being safe, being ready to get back into the the WNBA. Well, we're going to stick on the topic of basketball. We're we're going to move to some college basketball. Caitlin Clark has become the fastest NCAA women's basketball in history, basketball player in history to reach 2000 points. This record was previously held by some consider one of the best college basketball players of all time other than Brianna Stewart, Elena Deladon, who did it in 2012 for Delaware. She also did it in 75 games, but she, I think Caitlin Clark did it quicker in that game. So that's why she holds that title. So depending on how you look on it, look at it, she either tied or broke it. But regardless, incredible feat. Guys, this is, I mean, we don't see records like this broken very often. 2,000 points in 75 games, you know, majority of players don't even get to that milestone period. And she's only halfway through a junior season. Yeah, I think Clark is just absolute, like, she's an amazing player. It's 
every time I watch her play, I'm astonished by what she can do. Um, and, you know, I think she definitely has a big future in, in the WNBA. Um, and another great thing about this story is that um, Caitlin Clark idolizes Elena Deladon and has a pair of shoes in her locker that come from Elena. So I think it's just really great that Caitlin idolizes who came before her and that what what a feat to um, break the record of one of her idols. That's just an absolutely awesome accomplishment. And Caitlin Clark is definitely in the running for National Player of the Year. Right now, I think she kind of is running away with it. So just she's an absolutely amazing player. And this has been a great, great accomplishment for her. I completely agree. I mean, I was going to say the same thing where how how epic is it to a, you know, tie or break this record, depending on how you look at it, but then to tie slash break the record of your idol, your childhood idol that, you know, you have her shoes that you say, I grew up watching her. I grew up wanting to be her. I think that is just one of the more beautiful things about sports is there is the option to do that. And, you know, there's that, that element of legacy that really comes into play here. And I think that Caitlin is making a legacy for herself. I mean, right now she's averaging 27 points and 7.7 rebounds, 7.1 assists a game. She led the D one in the scoring average and assists last season. It is undeniable that she is just an absolute fireball of a player. And I mean, we, we have all collectively sat down and watched a couple of Hawkeyes games um, together. And it's just, she runs away with it. You can't help but keep your eyes on her. So it's amazing that she broke this record as fast as she did. Like you said, Julia, you don't see a lot of people reach that mark in their career ever, let alone when she still has another year and a half at least to play for this squad. So there are such bright things ahead for her. And I mean, all the congrats in the world. Yeah. And then also looking at Iowa as a whole, I remember last time I was on All In, actually, it was with uh, Sam and Maddie. We were talking about uh, Iowa. We had, they had just gotten they had just kind of gotten blown out by NC State and it wasn't looking good. I mean, they they had moved to five and three. Caitlin Clark had a great game. But, you know, I raised questions about whether Caitlin Clark was enough for this team. But ever since I made that comment, they haven't lost a the game. They're 10 and three now. They've got five game winning streak, including. A huge win over 14th ranked Iowa State. They beat them 70 to 57, 13 point win. That's, you know, that's a that's a statement win. And then going into and as they progress into conference play, their schedule kind of eases up a little bit versus their non conference play. They still, of course, have to play Maryland twice, some other you know ranked opponents. But all things considered, I think the the hardest part for this Iowa team is over, and you know they're definitely they're definitely going to make the NCAA tournament and you know they're with UConn having injury issues they can make a deep run here of course you never know with March Madness there's always upsets always crazy things that happen but I would keep an eye on this Iowa team I mean they could make a an absolute run here for a championship yeah I I feel like I'm eating my words a little bit I was going to say the same thing Julia where last time we were on all in we were like I don't know is is Caitlin Clark enough to carry carry this team and I mean she's doing everything she can because I think in that game that was that night last time we recorded the episode I think she had like 50 something points like she had like a record night for her I think she had like a 52 points or some insane number like that and they still got absolutely wrecked so I think we were saying is this enough I mean you can just tell how much of a contributor she is but now how much everyone else on the team is also stepping up. And like you said, with those injuries in UConn, as they head into conference play and other schools like that, obviously not just UConn, but as they head into conference play, I obviously, yeah, they'll make a, a tournament appearance. But I, I'm i very excited for March for men's and women's March Madness now because this is just going to be ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I'm excited to see Iowa. 
coming into conference play. Um, I think that, you know, with this team, a big key is to make sure that you're not just relying on uh, Caitlin Clark and, you know, other contributors have to step up. Um, but Clark is obviously a weapon and I'm excited to see her um, in March and conference play. I think she's really going to stand out and it's just going to be super exciting. Yeah, and it really seems like this team knows how to play together now. Of course, they knew Caitlin Clark was their leader, but, you know, there's still going to be some some growing pains when trying to play with a superstar. Like, how do we best compliment Caitlin Clark and it seems like it seems like they have figured that out obviously on a five game winning streak as they head into conference play it'll be interesting to see how Iowa women's basketball plays out Caitlin Clark clearly has a bright future and we're gonna transfer to a different sport now we're gonna we're gonna go to the pitch here and some women's soccer news something we haven't talked about yet is the National Women's Soccer League has introduced free agency for the first time in its 10 plus year creations is creation and this is so exciting as someone who's a huge fan of the nwsl i think free agency really brings in a different layer to the game first of all as a fan being able to to watch players sign other places but also as a someone who is in for the people who are in the, the nwsl's players this is gives them a lot more power they before they didn't they had not a lot of leeway in where they were playing they could request trades of course but now you know, players have all the power, and I'm personally super pumped about this. What about you guys? Yeah, I think it's definitely awesome to see that players can kind of choose where they want to go and they have that freedom. But I think for fans, it's also going to make things super exciting. You know, as someone who I'm, you know, primarily my my favorite sport is baseball and WNBA or MLB free agency that's one of my favorite parts of baseball is just kind of that chaos almost of seeing where free agents sign. So I think for NWSL fans, having that aspect is going to be super exciting. And of course, I think the biggest thing is just, it's great that, you know, the players can choose where they want to play and they can kind of negotiate contracts and get the pay that they deserve. Yeah, I think that this, if nothing else, helps to almost legitimize the sport. Not that it's not already legit, but, you know, like you said, Annabelle, all major league men's sports have a free agency. You know, hockey has free agency, baseball has free agency, and that's some of the most exciting times. So I think now seeing this in the NWSL is really exciting and says, okay, we are we are just as much, you know, players to be watched, fans to be watched, drama to be had as any other league. And I think that's really fun for both fans and players to now watch how this is going to unfold. Something that I think is interesting, though, is that the free agency, at least this year, is only open or you can only, you know, negotiate as an eligible player in free agency this year if you've served in the nwsl for six years which i think is interesting that it's saying like okay you kind of have to you know do your time before you can have some of that autonomy there which i don't know how i feel because i mean i understand to an extent you know you don't want people to just be hopping around from from team to team to team to team especially some of the newbies and rookies and you got to establish yourself but also, I think it's it's interesting, like if you're someone who's played, you know, four years, five years, you've been in the league long enough and now you've got to still wait. So I'm intrigued to see how this all plays out. But I mean, there have been some really exciting signings already and some people who haven't. Um, and I think this is just going to cause a lot more drama and fun, which is going to bring even more attention to the league and is going to make it all the more fun as a fan, as a reporter, as a spectator, as a player. Absolutely. And you really you really uh, struck on something important there. Um 
just the the conversation that surrounds free agency I think especially in women's sports dialogue is the best thing you can do to grow a sport so having that extra layer of people would be able to talk about oh where is she going to sign where is she going to sign that helps the sport so much and another thing you mentioned about the the uh, requirements for uh to be a free agent just a little uh brief overview on it um eligible players who have served at least six years and have an expiring contract in 22 can beginning in august 2023 the numbers of players eligible free agency will increase with unrestricted free agency available to all players with at least five years of service and restricted free agency to those who have played at least three years so it seems like they're doing like a little bit of a tapered you know slow soft launch into free agency i mean you know i as much as i'd love for like everyone to have all the power introducing a whole new aspect of a game i understand the the soft launch uh strategy there just to make sure that you know chaos doesn't break loose to make sure that they they're doing it right because we've seen <laughs> individual owners in the past not do it right so i think it's fair to uh be safe rather than sorry here and you also mentioned there are free agent signings who have happened already some who haven't and the first free agent signing in nwsl history was actually right here and New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC signed Kelly O'Hara, which is an incredible, incredible signing for for uh, for Gotham because Kelly O'Hara is a U.S. Women's National Team legend. Her defending is incredible, but I think what can benefit Gotham the most here is her services into the box. Gotham last season, it's terrible. Absolutely, like, there's no other way to put it. They were bad. And a lot of that came because they couldn't score. They could hold teams for the most part to one to two goals, but they, they would lose one zero two zero because they just couldn't get the ball in the back of the net. And I think adding O'Hara into the mix will be very, very beneficial considering she can set up plays. She's good at corners, good at free kicks. And that's what we need right now. We've got Christy Mewis. We've got Mitch Purse up there. We just need someone who can serve good balls. And that's exactly what we got here. And I don't know if Gotham's done yet, but there are some other huge free agency free agents, um, still yet to be to be signed and one of those people includes Megan Rapino, and she's a free agent right now she's made her home in Seattle with Sue Bird of course they are engaged but Sue Bird you know just retired I'm not I'm not gonna put any crazy speculation out there but there's actually nothing keeping them in Seattle at this moment now before it was like they were a dynamic duo because Sue Bird played for the Seattle Storm and then uh, Megan Rapino played for Seattle's NWSL team OL Reign but now Megan Rapino is a free agent. Sue Bird is no longer in the WNBA. And something else to add to this mix here, Sue Bird actually just recently invested in Gotham FC. So I'm not making any any predictions there because Megan Rapino has said she'd hope to come back to the to uh, OL Reign. But we've, we've heard that plenty of times before in other sports where it doesn't happen. Guys, if Megan Rapino comes to Gotham FC... That would be absolutely insane. What would you guys make of that signing if Gotham can get Megan Rapino? Well, I think for the for uh, Gotham FC, that would just I think arguably Megan Rapino is probably the biggest name in the NWSL. I mean, Julia, tell me if I'm correct incorrect, but um, I think that would be great. That would really I think it would cause a lot of fan engagement, some new fans to um come over to Gotham FC because. 
just because of how huge of a name that is. Um, and I think Megan Rapinoe, she's just such a great personality for a team as well, as well as Kelly O'Hara. Um, she was like so pumped when she signed with Gotham FC, which was really fun to see. Um, so I think if they do sign Megan Rapinoe, it can make for a great Gotham season and maybe turn things around from their terrible last season. Yeah, last season was not good. Um, and so I think that adding such a big name, A, brings a lot of attention to a club that maybe doesn't get the attention they deserve in a, a tri-state area that's already so saturated with sports. You know, in New the New York, New Jersey area, you've already got, you know, Giants, Jets, Yankees, Mets, you've got everything. And so I think that adding such a huge nationally and internationally recognized name a will help to bring a lot of attention to a club that's maybe that is more overlooked than they should be just because of the full saturation of sports but also i mean it's undeniable what a contributor she is and what what experience she has had i mean she's been in two world cups now is that is that right julia two world cups three world cups megan rapino or o'hara yeah megan rapino uh she's been in three Three, sorry, three World Cups. The internet is doing me dirty. Or one of those. Three or four, I don't know. But see, the fact that we're we're confused about whether it was three or four World Cups should be a large enough testament to, you know, someone like that, such a, a U.S. women's national team legend. So I think that bringing her would be amazing. And like you both said, having Kelly O'Hara come back is so fun. And she was so excited. And I think what a better way to, you know, promote this free agency and promote the league than to have the first signing be in such a major city like New York slash New Jersey. It's technically, you know, whatever. But tri-state area, it's all the same. Absolutely. And she's been in three World Cups, but she's won two. Um, so just absolutely incredible career there. And, and speaking of someone who's been in a lot of World Cups, the last free agent signing for free agent that hasn't signed yet that I want to talk about here is my favorite player, Tobin Heath. She has had a very, very interesting journey the past three years. I bet she wishes that free agency was a thing two years ago because she was kind of in this in this weird contract situation with Louisville. Um, she got there's this thing called an expansion draft when they bring in new teams. They can kind of pick whoever they want from other teams, except there's like protections and Portland didn't protect Tobin Heath. And then Louisville took Tobin. Tobin didn't want to play there. So she went overseas for a couple years and now she played for OL Reign last season, but now she's a free agent. So it will be very interesting to see where she signs. I mean, from, if I had to, if I was a betting person, I would put my money on her going to Angel City because that's where her partner Kristen Press plays. And, you know, she she's uh she has a house in LA all this other stuff there's a lot of connections there um but I would also not be surprised I mean hopeful thinking here but she could also end up in Gotham FC because she grew up in Basking Ridge New Jersey so that's not far away whatsoever from uh Harrison so that would be a bit of a homecoming there but she has been completely a classic Tobin style though she's been pretty silent on what she's going to do in the offseason she's not a very vocal person when it comes to her decisions it's kind of like You'll, you'll know when you know, when you see it, you'll know what she does. Um, so I'm not sure when the deadline to sign is, but the season really just ended a couple months ago. I'm sure they'll all eventually end up places at some point soon. Uh, just one more thing to mention, Marta, uh, NWSL superstar, or Brazil superstar, really signed a two-year deal with Orlando, which is incredible because I think she's somewhere in the, the mid-30s age. She's played in so many world cups so the fact she's definitely here for another two years props to her 
we're going to switch once more before we close out with some fun talk to the PHF salary cap increase. We've seen the Premier Hockey Federation, which is uh, the Women's uh, Hockey League, has raised its salary cap to $1.5 million per team for the 2023-24 season, doubling doubling the current 750000 pay ceiling. The rising cap would allow teams to offer salaries of over 150000 which would represent more than U.S. and Canadian national team players are currently compensated. So, guys, women's hockey players are getting paid. I love to see it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's super great to see. And um, this league is also making other strides. You know, their broadcast viewership has significantly increased. They d- they signed a deal with ESPN Plus. Um, and they're also introducing a Montreal expansion team. So just a lot of different strides for this league. And it's awesome to see. I agree. I mean, hockey is my my primary sport. And though I will admit I have not paid as much attention to women's hockey as I should have in the past. I mean, I definitely am going to now because like I kind of said with the free agency draft for the NWSL, increasing the ceiling cap helps to legitimize the sport of women's hockey. And there are some amazing, amazing players out there. I mean, you got to look at like Jesse Comfer or Abby Newhook or all these people who are just amazing women's hockey players. And now they can be paid. And I think something that blew my mind when reading about this is that the the um PHF was the first league to play their to pay their players back in 2015. So the fact that we were all, you know, alive kicking and driving a car um before these players were being paid for playing some of the best hockey in the world is astounding. But it's really exciting to see them get the money closer to the money they deserve now. Yeah. And something one last interesting thing to say here, the NWHL, which used to be the PHF, they renamed it. Um, a few years ago was founded as a startup and there were only four teams in it so just from 2015 to now to see a league expanded so much and is now um, I believe 1.5 million is more than the NWSL and the WNBA so the the expansion of this league is absolutely incredible to see and I'm not a huge hockey person but I know I'm going to pay attention this upcoming season because now I'm invested so it'll be interesting to see how that goes we are going to finish up here we have about five minutes left with some christmas talk we haven't done like some fun talk in a couple weeks so i'm excited to to bring this back it's the christmas season it is christmas eve eve december 23rd guys my first question and it's an important one dare i say favorite christmas movie really think it through because this is an important answer here Okay, mine is, and this is one of my favorite movies, like, period, is Home Alone. I think Home Alone is just a fantastic film. Um, it's I like it because it's, like, the family is, like, kind of, you know, it could be any family from the Midwest. So it's, like, there's a lot of things that you can relate to. It's funny. Home Alone, just a, a top five movie for me. That is that is an incredible film you've just mentioned there, Annabelle. I I, I was on one on one about a week ago with Andrew Galata, and his favorite holiday film was Home Alone Two. He said he liked it more than Home Alone One for some reason, so it was Home Alone Two. I said mine on one on one was the Santa Claus with Tim Allen because I just think that that movie Julia's making a face, which you can actually go away. But I think that that movie is so good. But I know that the popular choice is Elf, but I mean. I don't know. I, I I feel like I should stick with 
the Santa Claus, but also if we're going for a stretch of a Christmas movie, it's Pitch Perfect because Pitch Perfect is a Christmas movie. <laughs> if you Pitch Perfect to Anna Kendrick sings a Christmas song with Snoop Dogg, therefore it's a Christmas movie. Pitch Perfect is about as much of a Christmas movie as like Mean Girls is. There's absolutely no way. I won't hear that. I won't hear that. Die Hard, sure. I, I don't think it's a Christmas movie, but I'll hear the argument. I won't hear the argument for Pitch Perfect. But my favorite Christmas movie, it changed recently. Uh, I know I mentioned this before to you guys briefly, but there's been one movie I've watched like four times in the past week, and that is Bad Mom's Christmas. Shut up. <laughs> Literally, stop talking. That might be the best movie of all time. That is cinematic masterpiece. It is everything you want. It's funny. It's got the Christmas spirit. It's got a conflict that's has that's resolved in a wholesome way. It's about family coming together. Love. There's so much. It's such a good movie. And you got Sam is making a face. I don't appreciate it. That's my favorite Christmas movie. And you know what? Just have to deal with it. Second is Elf, but Bad Moms is number one. Bad Moms Christmas, rather. Number one. We're moving on here. Favorite Christmas tradition. What's like the favorite? What's your favorite thing that like is something your family makes sure to do on Christmas every year? Or it could be Christmas Eve. Something in that ballpark. Um, For me, this is like such a super niche thing, but I have older siblings and um, my dad gets my older siblings, me and my younger sister, um, a popcorn bucket like from CVS that has the butter popcorn, the cheese popcorn and the caramel popcorn for Christmas every year. And it's just like a little weird tradition we have, but um, it's always super good and super fun. I, I am Jewish, so my Christmas traditions are not very um, profound, but every year I go to my best friend's house and we do what we call a gingerbread house competition, but it's not gingerbread, nor is it houses, um, but it's very intense and very fun and it's a lot of fighting uh, that goes on, but we make some cool structures. Someone made the Roman Coliseum last year out of graham crackers and icing, so I made a suspension bridge. It's awesome. I can't wait for tomorrow and I always wear an ugly Hanukkah sweater incredible i wish mine was as good as you guys i best christmas tradition i've got is wearing pjs on christmas when i go over to my aunts and you know what any excuse to wear pjs is good with me especially during the day because pjs are comfortable so that is going to wrap up our little fun christmas episode here had a great time talking with you guys i hope everyone's christmas is amazing and thank you guys for listening. All In is a production of WFUV Sports. Hey,